Hell Yes Lifers, is one of your goals in 2020 to become a Hell Yes speaker? Well, if so, then you'll want to grab a free cheat sheet I've put together for you. It's called Start With a Bang, Seven Tips to Help You Captivate Your Audience from the Start. Head over to hellyeslife.com to download your free cheat sheet right now. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. It's Norman Bell, host of the Hell Yes Life podcast. Welcome to this global pandemic edition of the show. Um, Today, I'm super excited. I have uh, Sarah Dean as my guest. And Sarah is a fellow uh, Seattleite. Here we're here at uh, Ground Zero of the Global Pandemic, uh, and she she is the creator and host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast, a top rated podcast with over two million downloads. Uh, tip of the hat to you there, Sarah. Uh, her biggest passion is helping women own their space, and today Sarah motivates and inspires women to stop shrinking and start growing in every aspect of their lives. She's on a mission to inspire women and moms in particular to live bigger, bolder, braver every damn day. Okay. Um, and, uh, the, you know, timeliness here is that, um, I noticed on Facebook that Sarah has a, um, an eight day challenge coming up and we'll be talking about that. It'll be about, um, things we can do to take care of ourselves and our mental health, uh, during, during this special time that we're all going through. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is a delightful distraction from the state of the world. Yes, yes. And we will be kind of acknowledging that as we go through this, but I think we want to be as useful to our, our listeners out there. Typically, we would kind of talk about your, I will, we'll touch on this anyway, um, you know, a bit of your story and, and um, you know, your, your hell yes and your passion and so forth, but we want to make sure and offer some, some useful uh, uh, tips during this time as well. So, um, but nevertheless, I think I'll, open with my usual question, which is, um, what is your hell yes? What is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? So I would say it is connecting and elevating women. Um, and so I work, I've worked with women for in health and wellness since 2003, which is a million years ago now. And, um, I have done that in the context of being a personal trainer, owning my own gym, and then starting my podcast, the shameless mom Academy and supporting moms specifically and elevating moms in leadership and in business. Um, and so, yeah, one of the things over time that has just become really clear to me, actually, especially in this time of crisis is connecting and elevating others. Um, and especially when things get critical. (laughs) Yes, yes. It sounds like you're in a great position to do this. And and then maybe to, to give us a little bit of background on, well, my usual follow-up question is, when did you realize this was your hell yes? So I'll go ahead and, and ask that question as well. Yeah. So I realized that I'll kind of keep it specific to helping moms because that's what I do full-time now. Um, I realized that I wanted to be supporting moms and helping moms take up more space and live bigger, bolder, braver lives. Um, 
around the time that my son was three. So I, my son, when he was really little, um, we had gone through a huge infertility journey, finally had this baby and it was shockingly difficult. Like I thought like, as soon as the baby's finally in my arms, all the magic like that I've been waiting for my whole life is finally here. And it wasn't like that at all. It was very hard, very overwhelming, um, and very disorienting and confusing. And it took me till he was about three to kind of realize who I was and what motherhood had done to shift my identity. And so what I ended up deciding to do at that time when he was three was step back from my business that I built my gym business and put some energy into this new thing, the podcast. Um, because I really, really saw this desperate need to help moms connect and grow and really build new identities for themselves and really own that we are not the same people after having children. We are different and we can't Mm. go back, which I had Mm. spent a long time trying to go back. Like I just want to quote unquote, go back to normal after this baby's born. And when I finally realized there was no going back, um, I just had this very strong need to help other moms build their identities in ways that give them power and give them strength and um, all those, those really great things that sometimes we don't see in ourselves, but are definitely there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that's where that came from. And it's been just a really, really fun, exciting and um, life giving journey for me to be a part of with other women. So awesome. So awesome. And where does the name Shameless Mom Academy come from? So it was originally the Selfish Mom Academy. Mm -hmm. And I learned uh, within a week of my show going live that there's things around copyright infringement that one should know about. (laughs) So Uh I got a cease and desist a week within the first week that my show was live, which was a huge lesson and really awful and frustrating. But what ended up happening is I had to rename the show and came up with shameless and it is such a much better fit. So it's kind of funny that it's not what I originally started out with, but it fits so much better and it's so much more dynamic and I think has a lot more longevity um, so the way I use shameless is really helping women show up and, um, step away from a lot of the social constructs that I think women have had created for themselves. And a lot of the conditioning that we've had around, like, we, like, I don't see mom guilt as an actual, <clears throat> as an actual thing. I think it's a social construct. Um, I think mm-hmm. that the women feel shame all the times around their bodies and their careers and their relationships because we've been conditioned to feel that way. And so when I talk about being shameless, it's really stepping back from the way we've been conditioned in so many ways and looking at things through a different lens to recognize, oh, wait, I don't have to feel guilty about prioritizing myself. That's actually something that I've been conditioned to think, but I don't actually have, I can choose to think otherwise and feel otherwise. Um, So that's, yeah. So that's kind of how I tie it all up. It's amazing like how much of that, I mean, and we're seeing now as things start to kind of, you know, all the, I think of it as sort of like the, um, the, the, uh, the theaters uh, set and the props are all kind of starting to fall apart. It's like, oh, all these constructs are sort of uh, not, they're not permanent, right? And so, right. Um, yeah, that we, you know, these things that we kind of take for granted, like, oh, this is what I need to do to be a, a mom or, or a dad or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you can put yourself in a different environment and, um, and get a, a different message. So, okay, so let's maybe to kind of transition that into our current moment here. I mean, I'm already saying that. And just to, just to note, I, um, uh, I have a wife, my wife, Zoe, and my daughter, Sophia. She's going to be 10 in, next month. 
And uh, I guess we'll be doing a virtual birthday party at this point. Um, <laughs> birthday Zoom, party on Zoom. Yeah, yay Zoom. Zoom, um, is, Zoom is winning big right now. Like, yes, well done, yes. Zoom. Well done, Zoom. <laughs> Tip your hat to Zoom. I can't, I can't think yes. of how many times I've heard the name, the name Zoom this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, I've seen this already. I can, I mean, talk about, uh, take, you know, it's, it's like, uh, everybody might, every parent might feel this way, but I know that it's, it's that much more with moms, this idea of, of needing to do things quote unquote, right or perfectly. And I can see that there's a little bit of that seeping in with my wife and, um, and what a ridiculous idea that we need to do the global pandemic perfectly. Right. So, <laughs> so can it uh, all can supposed you, to be suddenly be perfect homeschool moms? Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Like uh, ridiculous. I, I, yeah. Anyway, um, I'll let you kind of take it from there. What are you, what are you seeing right now? And, and what would you, um, what would you like people to keep in mind as we, as we go through this? Oh gosh. So there's a couple things I'm seeing. I think the thing that is really standing out to me is really quickly after things got shut down here in Seattle. So specifically around schools, really quickly, I saw amazing resources popping up on social media around like, okay, well, schools are closed. So here's a new parent group about how you can homeschool your kid. And here's another parent group about how you can do this and how you can do that. And here's 18 resources for math lessons for children four to six. Yeah. And it yeah. was at first I was like, Oh, this is so great. So great that we're sharing resources. And within 24 hours, I was like, this is not great anymore. Right. This is now completely overwhelming. And I don't know where to start if I wanted mm. to give my kid math homework. Yeah. And so what, what I've decided is homeschooling can look like whatever works for me or our family today. Yeah. And there's literally zero criteria. <laughs> um, yes, yes. And I think that it's, you know, some people love having a bunch of schedules, but that can also be super defeating to a parent, to a child. And we could be doing this for months. You know, yeah. right now in Seattle, this is a six week thing. In a lot of places in the country, it's a two week thing. All of that could change on a dime and we could be going for much longer. And so I think that we have this need for control to create schedules and routines, which can be super valuable but I think it can also set us up for making things really hard on ourselves. And so <laughs> yesterday, like I had a plan, the plan completely fell apart. And I was like, the new plan is to not have so much of a plan. So today, yeah. like we put together something with post-it notes that's like very movable and adaptable. And I was like, and if we get one of these seven things done, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so really, I think what I'm really seeing is the need to be um, really be flexible and I also think there's a lot of peace. I don't know if you're feeling this, but I think there's a lot of peace of mind knowing that we're all in this situation. Mm. I feel like two weeks ago when it was mostly just Seattle in this situation, there was a heaviness and a level of stress and decision fatigue that was extremely overwhelming to me because I was having to make, I, have a, I was supposed to have a live event coming up. Yeah. Um, and so I had to make big decisions around that, that I felt like the rest of the country couldn't relate to. Mm. Um, and that felt very overwhelming. Now I'm like, we are all in this. Like, no one knows what they're doing. We're all just taking a few steps back. And so that gives us a little bit more grace to be a little less judgmental of ourselves and other people and be like, we're all just figuring it out and doing the best we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one theme I would like to have come out of this conversation is like, you're doing, you know, parents out there or whether you have kids or not, you're doing great. All right. Yes. If you're a human being on planet earth and you made yes. it through the day to day, congratulations. Yes. You know, it, it, I would say that anyway, actually, I think it's generally challenging to be a human being on planet earth, but um, now in particular, right. You yeah. Know, give, yeah. give yourself to, you know, cheers to you. 
And um, I saw, yeah, I saw a post from a, someone who was a homeschooler and I didn't, you know, kind of, kind of skimmed it, but basically they were saying, you know, for anybody who's, who's thinking about homeschooling your kids right now, don't, you know, it <laughs> actually takes a lot of work to, right, to you know, right. be, become a homeschool teacher or what, you know, parent teacher. Right. And right now the main thing is to, you know, and also if, if you're going to be stressed and you're stressing your kids out about trying to follow a particular plan or a lesson or something like that, then that's what they'll kind of get out of this situation. Yeah. So it's like really providing a, you know, an environment that feels loving. and, and safe. Right. We did puzzles for an hour and a half yesterday. And I was uh -huh. like, I won the day. Like, I don't yes. care if my kid remembers anything else about the next six weeks, except for that we did puzzles for an hour and a half on a regular basis. Like that yeah. is a huge win for me. I feel like that's more important than whether or not he's doing math worksheets right now. Exactly. I mean, I, I'll be honest and say my daughter is playing Minecraft right now and she's perfectly happy, happy doing that. And we had about maybe 20 minutes yesterday where we got out in the backyard with our cats and, and played tag for maybe 10 minutes. Yay. We won. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Congratulations. So what, what else, um, you know, you have this eight day challenge coming up, uh, you know, obviously, you, you know, for people to get the, the full experience, we'll want them to, to sign up with you. But can you give us a little taste of what you'll be talking about? Yeah. So like I said, a couple of weeks ago in Seattle, things were big and hard and heavy. And I felt very alone in that. Um, I mean, a, a, in camaraderie with other people in my city, but not with my whole community, which is worldwide and nationwide. Um, and so um, I decided that I needed something to focus my energy on to be of service in a way that keeps me engaged and connected and, and distracted to be <laughs> distracted yeah. from all the unknowns and the things I can't control right now, yeah. which is hard for a control freak like myself. And so I decided to put together, um, an eight day hope, happiness, and mental health challenge that allows us to, that allows women and moms to show up and intentionally seek out joy during this time and intentionally look for how we can frame things in a more positive way. Um, you know, we're at the start line of a marathon. I'm, I believe if we look at kind of the tra trajectory of other countries yeah. um, and what this could look like for our country for the next couple of months. And I've done a marathon and I can tell you, like, if you get tired, like my marathon mile two, I was like, I don't really feel like doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can't at mile two be like, well, I'm kind of tired now I'm done. Like we have oh, a man. ways to go. And so I think that we really, really need to be prioritizing uh, our mental health and our ability mm -hmm. to continue to find hope and happiness every single day. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of waves in terms of like, you know, one day of homeschooling might be great. Day 13 might be really awful. And so, mm -hmm. um, so I put together the challenge for me to have a place to connect all the women that I work with, all the moms that I work with from all ac across the country and throughout the world. Um, but it also gave me a sense of purpose that allowed me to feel so much more um, engaged and focused. And like, I have something that I can feel good about instead of just reading more and more articles about like COVID data <laughs> Yeah, <I've been laughs> or refreshing too much of that. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, I was hard, really, yeah. I was really stuck on like refreshing this one website that tracks mm -hmm. all the cases. Yeah. <laughs> the kid from Mercer Island. I don't know if you've been trapped, but no. he has this data website that it's like <laughs> no. literally like every case in the world. And I was like refreshing this thing like 18 times a day. And I was like, this isn't helping me or anyone yeah. else. But if I can yeah. put together, you know, all my years of expertise around supporting women in their mental and physical health for the last 17 years, if I can put something together for eight days and create a sense of purpose for everyone and help everyone reframe kind of their mindset during this time, that's so valuable and that will feel yeah. good to me. So, so that's, that's where the hope, happiness and mental health challenge came from.
Nice, nice. Yeah, and I think there's a balance. It's sort of like, um, you know, I've, I kind of, what I'm experiencing, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but it's sort of like, oh, this is like the five stages of grief, you know, and, I, and kind of cycling through them, uh, sometimes all five of them over the course yep. of the day, or, or like one day I was sort of like, I'm going to be, hey, I'm Hell Yes Life guy, I'm going to be the positive guy, and then I just completely crater right. the next day and, and so yes. forth. And, totally. um, uh, yeah, so denial, anger, bargaining, depression, excited. I haven't experienced acceptance quite yet, but maybe a little <laughs> bit you know, for about five I've, minutes. I've, I've had moments of acceptance. I've had yeah. moments, of, but it took me a solid week of like, yeah, going through all the other, the anger, the denial, all of that, yeah. like for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm like, and again, like being able to find something that felt really purposeful that allowed me to get more towards acceptance. And so that's where I think like doing this challenge and creating a place where you can find intentional joy, feel like you have some control, feel like you have purpose and mission. Um, yes. I think that gets you to that place of acceptance a lot more quickly. Yeah. 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 It's helpful even just to be talking to you today uh, rather than just uh, crying on my, my pity. Well, anyway, you know, we, we got to do some of that too, right? It's like, right. Eh, I don't want to do this. Right. Um, but uh, okay. So what would be, um, you know, a, a few tips that you could offer. I know obviously, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have more, more to offer on your challenge, but uh, you know, one, two, three tips that, that we might, listeners might be able to take away today yeah. uh, that you would recommend we do. Sure. So the first thing I think you need to do some data collection for yourself around how does it feel when you are on social media and when yeah. you leave social media? Yeah. Cause I, went through a phase of spending a lot of extra time on social media when this whole thing started and then quickly realizing that every time I would step back from social media to be, you know, to go do something more functional with my life that I felt worse. And so if you're noticing, and this takes like a level of conscientiousness and responsibility, but to notice that what, to notice what you feel like when you step away. So if you get on Instagram and you're, and then by the time you get off 20 minutes later, you're like, wow, now I feel worse. Then that's not a good place for you to be spending time. Yeah. And I will say even between Instagram and Facebook, I feel differently getting off the two of those. So actually getting off Instagram, I'm still pretty good getting off Facebook. I usually have a headache. And so, mm. um, recognize like doing that data collection to recognize like, okay, this is not making me feel good right now. So I'm going to step back. I actually yeah. set a rule for myself at one point where I was like, I'm only going to, um, take in COVID news that comes from the department of Washington state department of health, the CDC and the world health organization. I'm not reading mm. anything else that anyone's posted and I'm not clicking through on any other articles. And that mm. helped me feel a lot better because when I was reading every single article, I was like, this is too much. Yeah. It's too much. Um, so that's the first thing is the data collection around social media and noticing how it makes you feel. I would say the same if you're a news consumer, mm. like if you just happen to have news on in the background all the time, my husband does this in the morning. Like he's just getting yeah. ready with the news on it makes me feel awful. I'm like, I will not be in the same room as you if you have, so you find, you do your morning thing over there, but I'm going to be over here and I'm listening to podcasts, listening to music. Like I'm super intentional about what I'm consuming because I can't, I can't afford to have my headspace be jacked up all day. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that piece. The second piece, my second piece of advice is moving your body. And so I said that I used to own a gym. So <laughs> a bunch of people are going to roll their eyes now and be like, Oh God, she's going to tell us to work out. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so I think moving your body in whatever way, in any sort of way that feels good to you. And yeah. so motion helps us process emotion. Mm -hmm. This is like statistically proven motion helps us process emotion. So whatever feels good to you, if it feels good to you to like do a CrossFit workout in your garage right now, social distancing, since you can't go to class, like go yeah. ahead and do that. 
Or if it feels good for you to go walk around the block two times, do that. Or if it feels good for you to lay on the floor and do yoga, do that. Like do whatever feels good for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think moving your body is really, really important because it helps you shift your energy. It helps you process emotion. And it's also something that you can control as part of a routine. And I think that my my third thing would be having some established routine. Mm, so that you okay. have pieces of your life that are predictable. Yeah. You know, it's one thing when we have snow days, it's fun to be like, oh, it's a snow day, like anything goes and no structure and we're going to take naps and play games and eat chocolate and drink wine. It's one thing to do that for like, you know, one to three days, which is how often that happens in Seattle each year. To do that for six weeks is not going to feel good anymore. It's going to yeah. create a lot of dysfunction in our households and in our mental health. And so I think getting that movement as part of a routine and then having a few routines. And I don't think that, I mean, back to my point around homeschooling, I don't think we need to have every 15 minutes scheduled or every hour even scheduled, Mm -hmm. but I think we need to have some standard practices around like in for me, like I'm still getting up. I'm still doing my morning routine that I always do. I'm still getting in my workout first thing every morning. Um, with my son, we've now incorporated movement for him, which is going to look different for day to day, from day to day, but it's getting him out of the house. It's keeping his energy flowing and his emotions processing, which is necessary when we're all under the same roof all day. So I think that those would be my three things is noticing data collection around consumption mm-hmm. of information, mm-hmm. um, being mo- in movement every day, and then having a few select routines that you are really committed to. Great. Great. Those are very useful. Um, yeah. And on the, the data collection, I noticed that where I'm at with that is like, I know that I feel worse when I'm looking after I look at the, you know, I, I right. what did I do yesterday? I went out, I went out and sat in the back. Oh, here's, here's kind of interesting things too. I, I bet there's kind of like interesting things that'll happen right now too. Um, it, and I just sat in the backyard and watched the sunset. It was really like a beautiful, it was a beautiful day yesterday. And I, I want to note that too. It's like, yeah. Hey, it's kind of interesting. Like humans are kind of screwed right now. Um, but everything else is like, my cats have no idea what's going on. You know, the trees are still growing, you know, right. blooming and so forth. Right. Beautiful day. Yeah. Felt very pr- present and grounded. Listen to an audio book, um, you know, Siddhartha by Herman Hass. Really nice, you know. And then I came back in and then I kind of, you know, hooked into some New York Times article that went to some, you know, pretty dire <laughs> study. Right. And, and, and that's what I went to bed with. So, so right now, though, I feel like what I'm needing to do is just be aware, you know, just yeah. be aware. I can't seem to stop myself from feeling like I need to know what's going on right now. Um, but maybe that'll lessen with time and, and eventually, you know, I can, I can let go, let go. of it. I think that there's going to be, and I was talking with some colleagues about this yesterday. I think there's going to be like a generational shift in how we manage energy and how we prioritize, um, connection and family time after this, because we're being forced to do something we have never been forced to do. Um, for those of us living right now, you know, like my mom did, like my mom sat and did puzzles and board games with her family for hours on end back in, you know, 1952. Um, so I think that there's going to be, I think we're having to push pause in a way that feels uncomfortable. It definitely feels scary because there's some very legitimate reasons for it to feel scary. But I think at the end of this, this pushing pause is going to be long enough and dramatic enough that I think that it will actually force us to take a really critical look at how we spend time, how we manage energy, what we let in, what we let, what we push, keep out. Um, and I think it will be actually extremely, extremely valuable right now. It feels like very unknown and like uncharted territory, but I think there's going to be some really, really big lessons out of this whole thing that I think will be amazing and game changing for the way we relate. 
Yeah, yeah, and not to it's not to deny the, you know, the the severity of the situation. Absolutely. But, but right. I think maybe as personal kind of personal development people, yeah. like, like I'm already kind of jumping like, "Hey, this is kind of like the caterpillar going into the, you know, the um, you know, for transformation, <laughs> metamorphosis. Maybe yeah. we're going to come out. I mean, that that is actually true. I you can already see signs like yeah. maybe this is going to really change us. Yeah. for the better, you know, like right. uh, we're already probably emitting a lot less CO2 emissions and so forth, right? Yeah, so. no, I think so. I think it's going to be really eye-opening in some very positive ways. Like you said, there's also going to be some huge hardships, but I think that we, I think there's some good things to come of it for sure. Yeah, not to romanticize it in any way, but, um, and uh, what else do, I noticed, I saw a post, um, uh, I can't, you know, I was looking, I was like, oh, my interview with Sarah's coming up in a few days and you had posted something about the, uh, the Daily Stoics uh oh, the daily yes. stoic and i just yeah. wanted to mention that because i had picked i i read um right uh, this is ryan, ryan holiday he yeah. um he wrote uh the obstacle is the way and uh and i you know we went through as a family went through a challenging time just a couple of years ago and uh found that book very helpful and then mm. just learning about the stoics and so forth and uh then i saw you had mentioned that so i just wanted to kind of uh touch in about the the stoics i mean is there anything you want to say about that yeah. So it's been super interesting. I actually had someone tell me about stoicism like 10 years ago and it was this like single dude, no kids, someone who didn't have like a real warm personality. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to take your advice on this. Like I just completely dismissed him. He's like, oh, you should look into this. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I saw someone talk about the daily stoic Ryan holidays book, um, over the holidays. She was talking about it on Instagram and she's talked about how it brought her so much peace of mind. And so I was like, huh, maybe I need this. I could use some peace of mind. I have, I, I have struggled with anxiety for my entire life. And she's like, I just read this every day. It's super helpful. It helps me calm my mind. And I was like, okay, I'm getting this. So here's what I love about it. And I think this will be maybe interesting for, I don't know, for me, it feels like more of a feminine thing, but maybe it's not feminine. Maybe it's just because more women consume personal development than men. In consuming personal development, I feel like a lot of times it's reading long chapters with a lot of words and there's a lot of concepts. And then to try to integrate that, it feels big and overwhelming and sometimes complicated. And as someone who consumes and creates personal development, I've noticed that over time. Mm -hmm. The Daily Stoic, it's like a paragraph <laughs> and it's yeah. one tiny little theme that is immediately you're able to like integrate it into your mind, into your headspace. And so like one of the things that talk, we talked to, that was um, a lot of the January content. So you read a paragraph, it's like one little um, excerpt every day. So the January content was a lot around um, learning around, uh, admitting that you can only control certain things and letting go of the things that you can't control. And every day I was like, I just have to read this one little paragraph and then integrate that. And it was so freeing because the concepts were so simple and like clean cut. And it was one, and so I was telling my husband, I'm like, my husband who's not into personal development, I'm like, this is the, like, this is how you open the floodgate into personal development is like, start with yeah. this because it's so simple and clean and you can implement it really quickly. And so I've been loving the book um, and I use it probably 90% of the day or 90% of days. Um, I'll read an excerpt when I wake up in the morning and it's super grounding. And at mm -hmm. times like this, it's really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Right now I'm reading the process on, or the chapter on um, emotion and regulation of emotion. And I mean, like yeah. that's super relevant right now. So 
it's been, I've been really loving it. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this guy who told me about stoicism 10 years ago that I totally dismissed might've been onto something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I, I feel like there's sort of like, uh, there's stoicism, stoicism, you know, it's kind of this, this, uh, this idea of, 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 you know, there's what happens and then there's how we react to it. And those are actually two different things and just yeah. sort of separate it out. And yeah. I feel like there's a, a, a um, commonality there between that and like Buddhism. And, yeah. um, and then also I've done some work around codependency, you know, sort of like, Ooh. you know, uh, you know, like being obsessed with what other people or other circumstances, you know, what's outside of your control and, and bringing things back to mm -hmm. yourself. And, uh, and I feel like those, those things are, are, are things that I want to be thinking about again during, during this time. Like on, there's a, there's a saying, there's like, didn't cause it, can't control it, can't cure it. And that's usually around, you know, those people with their, you know, their um, alcoholic relatives or something like that. Yeah. Um, but we could say the same for this situation. I didn't cause this. I can't, I really, I can't control it and, and I can't cure it. Right. I, I have to, you know, really come back to what, what can I ca uh, control, you know, in my own life and to, yes. to really let go of, of the rest of it and kind of just be cur curious and try to cultivate curiosity. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. I've gone through, yeah, I've, I've been using it in interpersonal relationships this year. I've had some very weird things happen in a couple of relationships this year. And to your point around really being like, this is what I can control. Like I can control myself and I can control how I show up and the integrity in which I show up in. I can't control if, if other people choose to do that on the other side, like that's on them. It's not on me. Um, and I'm not going to take responsibility for someone else not being able to do that. And it's been super, super interesting, but very, very freeing. Um, and, and a good reminder for me, like, oh, this is who I am. This is how I show up. And even if someone else is, chooses not to show up that way, I'm still going to do what I do. I'm going to still show up in the way, you know, and be who I am and who I want to be and be my best self and be disconnected from the way that they choose to show up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sarah, I want to be mindful of your time. I think we technically scheduled this for a half hour. Do you have, uh, you, you, you probably I'm good. Of... I'm good. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Um, so, uh, anything, any last, so you've already given us three great tips. Any last things to, th uh, think about, um, again, related to, uh, where we're at right now? Um, you know, uh, I, you know, obviously people can do your challenge, but anything else you'd like to leave people with? Yeah. So I would, I really want to encourage people and I could talk about this a lot in motherhood that we often don't recognize what we've already done in our lives that qualify us to show up in really hard times and okay. qualify us to push through and succeed in really hard times. Yeah. And so I want to encourage people to look back and recognize, Oh wait, I've probably already done harder things. I've probably mm -hmm. already endured, you know, bigger hardships. And I talk about this in the context of motherhood because moms tend to be really dismissive of like not sleeping for a year when a baby's born or getting through a child's some sort of milestone or health crisis or whatever. Um, and we tend to like just blow over all that and not recognize that like we did really hard things when we had babies and kept them alive, especially in that first year. <clears throat> and so um, I just want to remind people that you're highly qualified to get through this phase of life. And even if that mm. means that you have to do, you know, a huge shift or pivot around your business, your personal life, your, yeah. you know, if you, if you work for another company that's going under, like whatever the thing is that you need to shift around right now, that might be big, hard and scary. And also you are totally qualified to do it oh, and you that. can do it. And so, and we'll be talking about that in the challenge a lot too. Can I, do you want me to give the link for the challenge for people to? Absolutely. And we'll include it in the show notes as okay. well, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So the, the hope, hope, happiness and mental health challenge all the information can be found if you go to shamelessmom.com slash challenge. And it starts on March 23rd, but you can join it anytime. So that's, 
it might be kind of, it might be already going when this goes live, but people can join anytime during the challenge. So, yeah. Okay. So, and then Helios yes, lifers uh, listening out there, this, vi the video version of this will probably hit, you know, Facebook, et cetera. Um, this week, it's the 17th right now. Um, the, uh, the podcast episode will probably come out on the, uh, uh, whatever it is, the 20, you know, Tuesday next week. So, um, but, but anyway, regardless, it sounds like you can join at any time. Yeah. So Sarah, any, any other, so it sounds like that's the main place to go for the challenge. Um, and if they wanted to connect with you generally, uh, where would they go? Yeah. So you can get the podcast on any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can just look up the shameless mom Academy. And then <clears throat> if you're a mom, join our free Facebook group. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook, we have a few thousand moms in there. Um, and you can find everything else related to the show. If you just go to shamelessmom.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for, for joining me in this special time we're going through. Um, <laughs> so special. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mention before we went on, but I usually round things out by saying hell yes on the count of three with my guests. I was going to kind of blow past that this time, all things considered, but you want to do it anyway? I think we need to do it. I think we should do it. Okay. Okay. So on the count of three, we're going to say, hell yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, listeners out there, if you want to, you know, join in with us this time, it'd be great. One, two, three. Hell yes. yes. All right. All right. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.